This is Finding Satan. Nice ride. She's leaning against the Nissan, and all the hairs on my body stand up when I hear her voice. Annabelle, everyone's favorite psycho. It gets me where I need to go. I don't want to admit that someone shot up my real car, but hell, maybe she already knows that. Maybe it was her. That's the thing about mad dogs. You can't always predict everything they'll do, but one thing is for sure. That bitch is going to bite. Does the sun look different to you? Nope. Hmm. According to your friends, it's already started. They're not my- Look, new girl. I don't actually fucking care if they're your friends, your parents, your fuckboys, or whatever. All I care about is that you came way too close to me today, and you need to back the fuck off. I'm not- Don't care. I literally do not fucking care. Back off. This isn't your rodeo, and I don't want to hear your bullshit. We're not going to bond or drink wine or have girl talk. We're not besties. I don't fucking care about you or what you're doing. You're going to walk away from this, and I'm never going to see or hear about you ever again. I'd like to say this isn't how I pictured a run-in with Annabelle, but yeah. Unfortunately, this is going just about exactly how I imagined a run-in with Annabelle. I need to pull myself together. Where's Sarah, hmm? Where is she, Annabelle? You come sniffing after me again, and you might just find out, Carly. I'm not coming after you, Annabelle. That's not my goal here. I'm just trying to find Sarah. Her face does something complicated that I don't understand. You don't want to find her. Trust me on that. Now walk away from all of this before someone gets hurt. She doesn't give me a chance to answer. A black town car pulls up and she gets in the back seat. It's got tinted windows so I can't see who's driving. They take off and I hurry over to the shitty Nissan, thinking I'm going to follow them, but someone slashed one of my tires and carved P.O.S. into the driver's side door. Fucking psycho. I get the jack and the spare out of the trunk. There's a note from Easy on the spare in his perfect block letter printing. It says, that'll be $250 for the tire. Great. I change the tire and think about my options. I'm not going to back off. That's not going to happen but I do need a minute to regroup. As much as I'd like to stick around and see Nicole after she gets off work, I think the best next step is to head back home. I throw the dead tire and the jack in the trunk and dust off my hands. Time to get back on the road. I stop for gas in some podunk town that's basically an intersection with a gas station and a Whataburger. You know, the kind of place where a handful of sad houses follow you in and out of town. I don't see anyone walking around. The only signs of life are at the gas station. Lots of pickup trucks and beef jerky. No one looks at me. No one looks at anyone. While I fill up the Nissan's little tank, I text Nicole. Had to head back. I def want to hear more about you-know-what. She texts me back, but it's just an emoji. The thinking face one. 
I don't know what it means, so I get back in the car and keep driving and think about my next move. I want to call Matt. I hate to keep bugging him or overuse his helpfulness, but it's really nice to be able to talk to someone who gets it. Someone to think and help strategize. But also, it's nice to just have someone to talk to. At all. So I don't call him. I just keep driving till I'm back at my little apartment, and then I work out to clear my head, and then I shower and make a tuna sandwich. I feel better after all that, but I still don't know what I'm going to do, so I vacuum and change my sheets and clean the bathroom. I'm still feeling a little low after the confrontation with Annabelle, but at least my apartment is clean. I'm debating a second shower when the phone rings. It's Nicole. Hey. Hey yourself. This a good time? Yeah, it's perfect. I just finished lifting weights. I wince at how douchey that sounds, but I'm committed now. <laughs> cool. Um, listen, you should stay away from that church. It's not a good place for people like you. Uh, people like me? Yeah, you know, edgy people. Girls who look like they've had it rough. Girls whose parents aren't going to raise a huge fuss if they don't come home for a few days. I'm slightly mollified, but still. I think I look tough, but maybe I have kidnapped me, please, written on my forehead and no one's ever told me. I can take care of myself. Of course you can. I'm just saying, you don't want to mess around with them. Your friend went missing, right? Yeah. We've all got missing friends, or we know a girl. But if you go looking, you won't come back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Thanks for the tip. You're totally not going to listen to me, are you? No, but it's nice that you care. <laughs> That's what I thought. Well, if you tell me what to look out for, maybe that will keep me safe, you know? I need more information. Okay. I don't know much. I went to one or two mixers, but it was way too Stepford hetero for me. But they keep you busy. Lots of events. So when someone disappears, it's hard to say exactly when or where they were last seen, because there's always an activity. So maybe you haven't seen your friend for two weeks because she's doing all these activities, including overnights, and then she just never comes back, right? So how do you know when in those two weeks it happened? All the activities are big groups of people and they blend together, so no one can say for sure, was she there or not there? Everyone remembers something different. That's really shady. <sighs> they use the activities for obfuscation, not just recruiting. It's like a shell game of where was the girl seen last. It's pretty fucked up. Do they do all the activities in the building? No. Uh, they do off-site retreats somewhere? I, I, don't, I don't really know where, though. I just know they take special groups of teens on these wilderness retreats, like Jesus or whatever. Bingo. Do you think you could find out where they go? Maybe. Uh, let me see. I, I don't, I don't want to dig too much, but I'll ask around. Listen, I gotta go, uh, but text me later, okay? We hang up. I lie back on the couch and stare at the ceiling. 
There are little shapes and lines in the plaster, and if I stare long enough, I think I see faces and signs. Usually it's something that soothes me, but right now I keep seeing sigils and witch signs and leering, demonic faces. I close my eyes. My phone rings again, waking me up. I blink. It's dark now. I must have fallen asleep. The phone keeps ringing and I make myself answer. It's easy. What the fuck did you do to the Nissan? Um, I, I drove it to Dallas. This Nissan doesn't go to fucking Dallas, Clara. The Nissan doesn't like to travel, okay? You get me? The Nissan is a courtesy loaner. No Dallas, no Houston. You drive it a few blocks to get groceries. And who the fuck carved POS in the side of the stay-at-home Nissan? One of your friends? Uh-oh. No, man, I swear, I'm so sorry. I'll pay for it. I went up to Dallas to look for my friend, and some psycho did that. I'll come by and pay for the damages. Of course you'll pay for the damages, for fuck's sake. Do you want the keys back? No, but if there is so much as one more scratch on my courtesy loaner, you'll be buying it, you hear me? Yes, easy. I'm sorry, man. I just have a lot of shit going on. I know, just try to take it easy. They start with cars, and then they move on to you. You know what I mean? So be careful. I hadn't thought of that. I hate taking shit from people, but not only is he right, and I know I'm in the wrong, but also he's got my car, and I love Betty. I'm not taking any chances. I take another shower and send a quick pic to Nicole. She sends me a sweaty emoji in return, and I grin. The call from Easy and the second shower helped me clear my head. I can't just stay home. I've got shit to do, and some of that shit might get the Nissan or me hurt. But I gotta do what I gotta do, and if the Nissan gets damaged, I'll just pay Easy. I can always get more money, but I get the feeling I'm running out of time. I dress for the dark and grab my bag of tools. It's time to go back to Sarah's house. It's 11 p.m. by the time I park two blocks away from Sarah's house on a different street from last time. I leave my bag in the car for now. I've got running clothes on so I can scope out the neighborhood, and any nosy neighbors or doorbell cameras will just assume I'm out for a late-night run. I set my pace at an easy jog since I worked out earlier and I want to be able to look around. There aren't many people out, just a few dog walkers trying to wear their dogs out for the night. A lot of the houses are dark, and more lights start clicking off while I'm doing my laps. It's bedtime for this neighborhood. I don't see a lot of motion-activated lights, and there are only a few doorbell cams. I take note of where they are. I make my way past Sarah's house. I'm careful not to stare. Just look out of the corner of my eye. It doesn't look any different. Her nosy neighbor has porch lights on, but all the interior lights are off. If I'm lucky, she nodded off hours ago and is in deep REM sleep. But she seems like the type to wake up every hour or two. I need to be careful. I make my way back to the car and drive out of the neighborhood. I drive around for 20 or so minutes before heading back in. I park on a different street and then bring the backpack with me this time. I feel pretty comfortable with the streets now and I walk confidently to Sarah's house. You gotta look like you belong. I make sure to approach from the other side of the house from the nosy neighbor. I don't want to take any chances that she got up to pee and might spot me. It's as easy as falling in love. 
I walk up to Sarah's garage and no floodlights come on. No alarms go off. Just easy and quiet. I start to reach for the padlock and stop. Something's wrong. I look closer. It's not the same one I saw two days ago. It's brand new and a different brand. Looks similar from a distance, but up close, this is definitely a different lock. I pause for a moment, but I don't want to just stand around here crouched over a padlock. It looks fucking suspicious, so I stand and walk around to the side of the garage. There's a regular door here with a deadbolt. I just want to see in the garage anyway. I don't need to open the big door. I try the knob and the door opens easily. I step inside and the light comes up. Startled, I blink to adjust my eyes and look around. It's empty. There's nothing in here but a folding table. On that folding table is a note with my name on it. Fuck. Fuck. I debate just leaving it there, closing the door and walking away. This isn't a good development, you know what I'm saying? People shouldn't know who I am. I'm nobody. I'm just some girl looking for a girl who was somebody. There shouldn't be notes left for me under mysterious circumstances. People like Annabelle shouldn't be waiting for me at my car. I'm meant to be scrounging for money, living on the edges, unknown and unnoticed. Fuck! I could just turn around, head back to my shitty apartment, wake up and watch cartoons and play pool with guys like Easy and hug up with girls like Nicole and just never worry about this again. Until, you know, the world ends. So, yeah, I don't do that. I step forward and pick up the note. I already know what it's going to say, and I'm more or less right. Clara, enough is enough. It's time to stop running. Come home. It's not signed, but he doesn't need to sign it. I know who it's from. He said he was an angel when I met him, and I believed him. They all worshipped him like an angel, and when he walked, he had a halo of light around him, around his whole body. This glowing nimbus of light, so you always thought if he touched you, he'd be warm, maybe a little too warm, maybe give you a shock like static. He found me in the gutter, a literal gutter, with a needle in my arm. Look at you, a little fallen angel. This world makes it so easy to fall. It does, you know. He was right. This world is built to make you fail, to fall on your knees, to break. He picked me up and took me home, his home. All I knew was that it was large and clean and safe. Nobody hit me. No one hurt me. And no one judged me for the things I said and did as the shit left my body. They just cleaned me and let me shake and cry. And there was food and shelter and safety, all for free. He said his name was Michael, and he told me it wasn't my fault. None of it was my fault. That the world was built this way on purpose. It was made to break us. And I knew he was right. I felt it in my bones. 
in the tracks in my arms and the scars on my back and all the closed doors in my heart, I knew he was right. He needs to be cleansed. He'd whisper to me so close I could feel his heat. Cleansed, I said, still out of my mind with withdrawals. Will you help me? He asked and I nodded. I would have agreed to anything to get him to stay because when he was there, it wasn't so bad. The day is coming. The sun will change, Clara. It will change for you, for all of us. He said a lot of weird shit. I watched him a lot in those early days. We were so close. After all, he was the guy who helped me get clean. He was my friend. I loved the way the light followed him. It was weird. It wasn't like he was glowing. There was something dark about it. It took me months to put my finger on it. It wasn't that the light came from him, like I thought at first. No. He had a thin layer of shadow around him, pushing the light away. That's what did it, gave him the halo of light. Maybe he was an angel. All I know is that he saved me and helped me find who I am. And for that, I'll forever be grateful. But that wasn't all. This is where I have a confession to make. That's how I met Black Hole Sun. And now they want me back. Finding Satan is written and directed by Gabrielle Awe, produced by Jeremy Herbel, and starring Abby Claus and Mike Scalero. Finding Satan is a Black Cat Collective podcast.
inside.